0: Andrew, Bobby, help, uh, I've been kidnapped by Jeremiah and Stevie to produce Scissor Bros.
1: The Scissor Scissor Bros have captured me and they won't let me go unless everyone from Bad Friends, Bad Friends fans will subscribe to their show, but they seem sweet unlike Tito Bobby and Tito Andrew. So maybe you should do it. It's one of the scariest things. (laughs) Losing your voice as a comic.
2: I lose mine all the time. I, I need like help.
1: Like vocal training, yeah, yeah, that's what, um you know Josh Adam Myers, yeah, he had to get vocal training, oh,
2: really, he, I gotta talk to him about it,
1: talk to him about it, he out of everybody who I've known over the years, I've heard of him lose his voice more than anybody I know,
2: yeah, I lose mine, like this last time I lost it, not even from anything, like I hadn't like abused it in any way, like I just woke up with it gone,
1: yeah, I don't know what, um. I guess it's just from pushing. Yeah. Yeah. He... Uh, <laughs> the amount of times we would be going somewhere, like for a comedy festival, and he would go too hard yeah, the first night. Yeah, totally. And then he'd be like, dude, I got to get a shot of PregnaZone, <laughs> man. My voice is like on fire. My throat is, <laughs> oh, is... It's closing up.
2: That is the most insane impression of his voice. It sounds like he's here.
1: <laughs> it's pretty good. For anybody who knows... Anybody know Josh Adam?
2: <laughs> well, I miss Josh. I love him so much. I, I love know. you, Josh.
1: Love you, Josh. Listen, we're going to do some monologues today. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, that was a... We are all in an acting class together. That's what's so fun oh about Oh, my God. LA.
2: I forgot about that.
1: It, doesn't that feel like an eternity ago? Because
2: we were in the class physically yeah. though two weeks it went down, and we you or we all like josh had it in that class
1: he had covid
2: yeah he didn't know was he
1: one of them who had the covid
2: yeah like he didn't know it at the time like
1: well he had just left italy
2: a hundred but like yeah uh patient zero yeah yeah Yeah.
1: they're like should we stop class josh like i'm ready to keep doing this thing i don't know about y'all i just got back from italy
2: yeah and then wait were we in zoom class together
1: Yeah, we did that, too.
2: Zoom class is the most fucking insane thing.
1: It was um, one of uh, the biggest lessons in patience that I've had to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. In years. Yeah. Because um, to paint a picture, uh, we took this acting class together uh, that was mostly comedians in there Uh, there were some people that were just straight actors uh, or they were coming at it from like another field or something It was mainly comics who are wanting to get better at their craft with acting and it was through zoom during the height of the pandemic and you'd have to watch the other person either do a monologue or scene work through zoom and it's hard enough to sit in a class and do it in person
2: oh my god
1: but through a computer, it's so painful. because So many
2: hours to like long.
1: Oh, yeah. It was like three hours, three, three and a half hours. And then also, we're all trying our best. So we're literally putting in so much work leading up to this Zoom. Yeah. And then it's like the big performance is so hard.
2: Yeah. And um, this is like a... Very renowned acting teacher, responsible for some very big careers, and those people really credit her too. I know for it, like, and um, and then I kept getting in trouble. Like, we had a, (laughs) I kept getting in trouble because I was like not doing like big physical things because I'm like I'm on Zoom. (laughs) Right. I'm like, this isn't fucking real. Yeah. It's so. It was so hard.
1: Yeah. It's so weird to
2: i'm like i'm not gonna get up and dance <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's like in a sweatshirt and you're like...
2: <laughs> i'm like this is mental illness
1: yeah 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 that was a uh, that was rough but well, we got through it you know yeah, and we did. i did you know what it was so challenging i actually felt like i learned a lot because it was so hard
2: i did too as much as it pained me to say that because i hated it so much um but she's a really good teacher you're a really good actor you are too. Oh, thank you. I yeah, you're really good. I,
1: I think I think that um I really believe I mean you're already doing voice stuff, but I think in the next 5 to 10 years you're going to be like a top character voice actor that's like really sought after. I really believe <gasps> wow, that.
2: Wow, that's so nice. You can do a ton of voices. I kind of just roll with one.
1: <laughs> but the peop- there's people who
2: like funches.
1: I mean he works like crazy Bunches because he in, has it dialed in
2: yeah he's he's in every cartoon as himself
1: it's awesome yeah i love seeing all the different shades of ron and, and yeah. the cartoon. i'm like
2: oh ron's in this i mean ron's it's perfect a, ron's
1: a little animal yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
2: ron's a shark yeah yeah ron, yeah that's true
1: yeah it's cool uh i've been really that's something that i mean we've both been working on for a while is is just trying to get better at voice stuff, and it's cool to see you got a new... Can you talk about that yet? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, cool. And you too.
1: Yeah, you yeah.
2: fucking big one.
1: It was cool, yeah. The Joker on... Uh,
2: when does it come out?
1: It's It just came out.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was
1: like a little couple episode arc on uh, DC superhero girls, and uh, luckily I've been getting good feedback from peers and then also random people who are very judgmental because it's such a... Oh,
2: yeah. uh, Welcome...
1: Renowned character.
2: (laughs) Welcome to my world as, like, on the internet. As just, like... And, you know, like, I don't like to be like, oh, poor me, I'm a woman. I don't... That's not my thing, but...
1: (laughs) That's my thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, just, like, being a a female comedian in the public presence with, like, a... I mean, like... You know some people love to give me feedback about my voice um but yeah it's a it's a weird you can't please everyone
1: no do you get have anybody ever said anything to you after shows about your voice yeah what (laughs) <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 Thanks for bringing up the trauma, Jeremiah. Yeah. Thank thank you so much.
2: No, no. It's like, I hate even like bringing it up because it's so small and minor compared to like how nice the majority of people are.
1: But as comics, we fixate on the, the you know, the people in the room that aren't having fun rather than the, the crowd that's like smiling. Oh, and yeah.
2: Well, it's so funny because I always say this, but until I started comedy, I had never, nobody had ever said anything to to me about my voice Mm -hmm. ever once in my life yeah not one time and like you know i'm a little sister i've been made fun of for everything there is you know i thought i knew everything and imagine my surprise (laughs) yeah but um yeah i get like it's funny to me like i get like fucked up. Sometimes if now if they're funny enough, I like it. Right. Like they're like, "Yeah, you sound like Gilbert Gottfried fucked up it." Or um like I got like "Aziza and Sorry uh sucked on 80 helium balloon." I'm like, "These are so specific."
1: Yeah, you thought a lot about this. <laughs> well, at least you're thinking about me. That's good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, for the longest time, until I went to public school, I didn't even know I had a big nose until I went to public school. And then I was like, oh, so this is life now. Okay, this is what I've got. Co- okay, this is the new me, I guess. Perfect.
2: Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what are you going to do? It's not like uh, you can't choose it. Yeah, you go with the flow.
1: Then, then you're like, okay, this is the new thing. to. For, I, I dress this on stage now, and I, I move forward.
2: I, to this day, don't have a bit about it. Like, I need one.
1: I agree with you <laughs> that you should get some kind of bit, <laughs> because here's here's the thing. This is this is this is why I think that is because I started doing some nose related humor because like to address it and just get it out of the way. Because I've literally on some shows when I don't talk about it, almost every show, some idiot will come up to me I have the show and be like, "Dude, I was waiting all show for you to talk about your nose."
2: Are you? fucking serious the
1: amount of times i've gotten that
2: people you're all fucking sick are you kidding me (laughs) i am actually that makes me really mad what is i would can you imagine like i would never in my life go up to someone and be like hey uh i was just sitting there in my chair waiting for you to bring up your big fucking nose and it took like a a while for me to wait so i just thought i'd come up and ask you about it are you insane i
1: think people feel comfortable with me after the shows to say whatever because i interact with the crowd a lot and stuff like that and sometimes it gets like playful and every once in a while it gets a little roasty or whatever so they're like oh this guy can take it oh yeah so they're like oh dude so the shows that I don't address well I address it almost every show now because in the past it would happen a lot where they're like why didn't you do any nose jokes man like it's, it's the I same thing I am
2: stunned though that someone it, would say that to you, you make, it, it's the same
1: thing if you make who
2: raised these fucking people
1: it's the same thing if you make a joke about a certain race of people a different race of person will come up to you after the show and be like why didn't you include us, man?
2: Oh, wow. They
1: want they want to be joked about. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, So if you yeah. make like a, uh, a Mexican joke or something, there'll be a black guy who's like, oh, you're too afraid to make a joke about a black guy? You know <laughs> what I mean? Is that kind of yeah. like, that kind of back and forth.
2: I'm afraid to, I don't do race jokes. Yeah, if yeah. you can believe it. <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't do it very often if it's, if it's a riff in the moment, but I definitely don't have any set predetermined stuff where I'm like, I'm going to hit these race jokes today and that's what I'm going to give you. So it's it's different. I am
2: um, like all my material is so personal mm-hmm. that it gets exhausting sometimes though.
1: Well, when you uh, do a lot of personal material, it, I feel like it is exhausting because you're giving a lot of yourself totally. to the audience. Totally, yeah. And if for whatever reason, this is why I, I'm i constantly trying to to do more personal stuff and talk about family and life stuff. But it, it's sometimes scary because I'm like, if that bombs are like, oh, that's not a bit that they, they don't like me. They don't like the... B-, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Versus me, if I do a silly act out or something, I'm like, eh, that, they didn't like that character. Totally. Yeah, so... Yeah,
2: I mean, like, it's tiring and it wears on you, but... I don't know like I always am like you know next set because I write in like large sets is how I write right not like joke by joke and so it's usually like one whole theme per set I mean like that'll be like 10 15 minutes in LA I
1: mean that's honestly that's good for like building a special and stuff it though. is that's it's great.
2: really helpful for that yeah uh, if anyone uh, wants to offer me a special
1: there's any execs out there right <laughs> now i think Um. (laughs) you know what to do
2: but i feel like you know like i was just saying to my buddy this morning i was like i gotta move on from this uh material because uh, it it's draining me yeah yeah oh
1: there there's some stuff that i'm like i just need to record this (laughs) so i can stop saying it
2: yeah yeah i did um uh uh some difficult challenging material right before the pandemic um some you know molestation uh rape set a whole large one yeah and i only could do the material for like six eight weeks because by the end i was so just like worn out from saying it every night and then you have to get it good and tight and it takes a bit to make it funny and in the beginning you're bombing with that shit and you're like why am i doing
1: you're this like, i'm just doing therapy right now and no yeah.
2: but i would never talk about something i actually say have a joke about this in the set but like i would never talk about something to process trauma like i would only ever talk about it if i thought it was funny first oh yeah because I hate when people do that. Of course.
1: We've all been to the open mics over the years where you're like, there was not one punchline? That yeah, was a confession. Yeah. That no, was a confession. yeah.
2: You need uh, to go to a, a like home. Like a professional.
1: <laughs> like- <laughs> or a home. Just lock them up. You know? <laughs> Just get them out of here. Put them in a straight jacket. I don't want to hear that.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's like a comic because they're fucking sick. But by the end of that, like, it, maybe because it was so challenging, it was so satisfying but yeah. as soon as I got it recorded, I was like, yeah, I never need to do that again.
1: Yeah, there's no need to. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, okay. It's a cut, like cathartic. You're like, that chapter is closed on that part of my act and now I can move forward. Yeah, yeah. There was there was one bit that uh before uh my wife and I had a baby, I was like I got to get this one bit on this on recorded or on the special before we have this baby.
2: Yeah.
1: Cuz I was like it's not going to it's literally about me being nervous about become like becoming a dad right. i'm like if i have the baby it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't work it's literally a stamp in time yeah. and and just a moment I'm like I gotta record this. Yes. Let's 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 hold off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's my excuse let, as a comment. I gotta keep. I gotta record this bit, baby. You know.
2: <laughs> let him keep cooking in there just for a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just let them chill. Just let them
2: chill. Yeah. Ten
1: months is fine, right. right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's good to be just back, out and seeing friends again, though. Just oh, like totally in person, everything because. Uh, the last few times i've seen you have been through zoom so
2: oh yeah and remember we did that crazy show that felt like we were in like a twilight hazmat zone
1: when we did that so we did uh our buddy ron Funches' christmas special uh that was uh it was filmed at christopher titus's studio and it was a live show it was cut together amazingly super professionally well it was like a special it was a christmas special and during that though, like when we were doing it, because COVID was still going on and everything.
2: It was like in the hard COVID times, like it, the lockdown.
1: It was like, uh, I didn't invite my wife because she was pregnant. I was like, that's just a risk to even bring her out There somewhere. was eight
2: people in the audience. There's
1: eight people in the audience. Spread out really and they far. I don't even know how allowed they were to be there. Yeah, like It was so weird. But during that time, I was like, I had a thought in my head. I had a flash where I was like, is this the new normal? Yeah. Is this never going back? Right. Like I was like, are we gonna start doing things remotely for everything? Yeah. And luckily the show was super fun. And you had this bit that killed me that <laughs> night that was very intricate. <laughs> I was actually impressed how much you wrote for that bit.
2: It was so I have a talk show called Dear Own Wilson. Yeah. Where people write letters to celebrities and because like at that time i hadn't done stand-up in several months i was like oh i'll just treat it like that yeah where i'm writing a letter to santa but you know i make it very personal
1: yeah <laughs> it was like like after you like flipped through the first page i was like oh this girl did some homework for this <laughs> show <laughs> yeah
2: yeah 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 so uh that was really fun and weird and then you think like, cause it felt like you're performing to an empty room, but it was streamed like all across the country yeah. or oh, the world, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've, I've done the road since then and they're like, love you on the Funches Christmas oh, special. Oh really? Like, Dope. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He has yeah. good fans.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good times. <laughs>
2: good
1: times. I
2: mean, I went on the road with Funches for like three years. Well now he's on this TV show, so we're not out but he's filming, <laughs> yeah. but he has like the best crowds in the world.
1: Well, I I truly believe because he radiates like a positivity and that like other people are drawn to that. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day, that's the kind of people who I want coming to my shows.
2: <laughs> a lot of people do not have that.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you put out a certain kind of it's, it's one of the reasons over the years, like, I've stopped for a little while. I was I was putting, like, a lot of, like, very roasty kind of clips online. Yeah. And it's fine. Like, I like that style of comedy a lot, but I've kind of pumped the brakes on that a little bit over the last couple years just because I don't know if I want that to be my thing long term. Dude, does that make sense? It totally makes sense. It draws sense. in a certain crowd that they're, like... Dude, freaking roast me, dude. And I'm yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, if I feel it, it's like, you know, it's a different thing if it's a silly, fun thing, but like, I don't want to actually be like, you, you, yeah. you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What's weird about roasting, too, is like people that I don't know, that don't know comedy. Like, for me, I've had some of the most fun in my life writing a bunch of my friends' roast jokes.
1: Oh, they're so Like,
2: fun. I would, you know, when Rosebud was doing them, like, I would write a lot of those jokes and stuff, but. I would never do it because I'm soft. You know what I mean? Oh yeah,
1: I would. That's why I always liked um, the historical roast, and I, I like the uh, the fictional roast. Yeah, because you know, if I can be a character roasting somebody or roasting other characters, I'm like, this is fun. But like, I don't really want to know what people deep down think of certain oh, totally. i'm like, i don't well know. also
2: i mean they take it so far it's so different than it was like 50 years ago at those things where they're like best friends they're like oh you're dead sister you were re-, and it's like i remember especially in new york when it was like really big in like 2017 2018 or 2016 and they would put them all on the internet and i was like I could probably do this if it didn't live on the internet and my family wouldn't have to be see this because yeah, like to that. Yeah. I mean and have it on the internet forever. I was like, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a little it's a little much. Hello? Oh, somebody's calling to to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's so crazy. Um, hello? Who who is this? Hello. This is Jack. Oh, Jack, uh, thanks so much for calling into the show. Um, What seems to be troubling you today? You you have something on your mind. You, it sounds like something's a little heavy in your voice. Jack, uh, this is
2: Jack. I wanted to call in Jeremiah uh, because my wife just left me because I farted on the cat and it died and... I'm really
1: going through it right now because I just lost my cat and my wife and I have a lot of gas also. Okay, well you are calling into uh, the right love line right now. Uh, I am giving advice uh, to couples and newly single people as well. I'm very sorry to hear about that but let me just get this straight real quick uh, just so I know how to diagnose properly. You farted on your cat and it Killed the cat? Yeah, that's what happened. I didn't know
2: that could happen because I've been farting on people for years, and just like we all do. And then the cat was there, and then I guess uh, sandwiches' heart stopped.
1: Okay, um, I'm just uh, recapping everything, just so I, I. I I know how to diagnose properly. You farted on a cat named Sandwich. Uh, sandwiches. Sandwiches. Oh, plural. Okay. You farted on a cat named Sandwiches, which uh, killed it. Uh, your wife was so distraught because of the cat that she left you. Is that right? That's correct, uh, Now, my question would be, what is your diet? Because it might stem from that, that we might need to start changing the way you eat so you're not killing felines.
2: All I basically eat is um, chili dogs, because those are really
1: good. Like Sonic the Hedgehog's diet? Uh, yeah, that's just like
2: Sonic the Hedgehog's diet. I love chili dogs. I can't get enough. I gotta have three a day. Definitely a breakfast, lunch, dinner type of thing.
1: I guess your wife was a ring that got away as well. Yeah. I really don't know why she left. Well, I mean, how long had you two had this cat together? Uh, I think about six to eight years. Oof. Okay. And uh, did this cat have any other health issues? Or did the was the fart that bad that it just straight up killed this cat? Uh, sandwiches was in perfect health, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what? what's your wife's name? Evelyn. Uh, Jack and Evelyn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, um, Jack, I think that we do need to work on your diet. I think that'll improve your mood, it'll improve your health, and I think it'll put you in a right mental state to maybe reach out to your wife and try to get her back in the household. And maybe, just maybe, you can get another cat together and start over. Yeah,
2: that's a good idea, Jeremiah, but I also don't know why she... I mean... I think she's kinda of being a fucking
1: bitch, you know? Okay, I'm starting to sense um the the, the fart is just one thing in your relationship <laughs> that could be an issue. Do you now do you commonly refer to your wife as a as a bi- Oh no
0: no
2: no. She's a perfect angel. I just think in this one situation it was kind of an overreaction, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So Okay, um, well, uh, we actually have your wife who is actually calling in to the that? show. What? That's crazy! Yeah, um, let me try to get her uh, <laughs> uh. online. Um, hello? Hello? Hey, is this Jack? This is Jack? Uh, yeah, this is Evelyn. Hello, sweetie. Yeah, um, so, um... Uh, I just want to say, Jeremiah, that um, this was not the first incident of him farting and killing somebody. That's not true. Okay, what in the heck do you mean by that? This is not the first time that he's killed somebody with a fart. He, he,
0: he, he, um, he killed my
1: brother. You killed Evelyn's brother with a fart? right to his face. It was his birthday, his 42nd birthday. We were eating at a Jewish deli together. I will never, ever, ever forget this day. As soon as they set down the candles on, on some creplock soup. Yeah, it was floating candles on a creplock soup at a Jewish deli. As soon as they set that down on the table, instead of him going to blow out the candles, my husband, Jack, farted, blew out the candles. It went in my husband's mouth and killed him, and he went right deep face into the creplock soup. Wow. Um, Jack, do you have anything to say about that?
2: Everyone, you know that's not true. Someone was going by the table at the same time and sort of swished the wind and,
0: and... How do you swish a wind in a Jewish deli? That's my question.
2: A lady with a floppy dress.
1: Why are you looking at other women and and knowing what they wear? You remember what another woman was wearing the day that my brother died on his 42nd birthday in a Jewish daily?
2: Well, only because it made some wind go by with the fabric like a sheet, you know?
0: I guess that does
1: add up.
2: Yeah, that's right, Evelyn. Come on, I didn't kill your brother with my butthole.
1: I think you did. I think you killed my brother with your butthole.
0: I didn't kill your brother with my
1: butthole. Okay, both of you need to calm down a little bit. Um, what was the actual police report that was filed for your brother's death? Well, death by butthole. It. There's no way that a police report says death by butthole. Jack, can can you weigh in on this? It is- Quitted
2: by the state
1: of California. What was uh-huh. the coroner's report on that? Uh, he blew
2: up in the... he caught fire? Self-arson, sort of, yeah. He put his face in the candles, which was surprising for all of us on his birthday. It seemed like things
1: were going well. You're saying my brother committed suicide by putting his face in flames and a Kreplock soup and a Jewish daily on his 42nd birthday?
2: Oh, yes, Evelyn, that's exactly what I'm saying.
0: Well, we can agree to disagree, okay?
2: Yeah, I like that. I like that. I love to dis- agree to disagree.
0: That's kind of hot when you agree with me.
2: <laughs> that's a girl. That's my girl.
1: Did you just say, that's a girl? <laughs> <laughs> we, we just lost connection with Jack and Evelyn
2: whoa that's crazy that you um have these callers come in all the time
1: yeah anybody can call in on the show <laughs> at any moment's notice um so if, if you see the caller id uh flashing it's right over there mm. um then then just feel free for us to to pick it up and answer it
2: whoa you're really providing a great service to these people i didn't even know you were so um altruistic
1: yeah i mean I, i've been doing this show for a while and it's actually pretty incredible uh the kind of people who call in the show we actually get celebrities
2: do people call usually call in about um, murders like dem- murders that was
1: honestly one of the first times that that's happened on the show
2: god people you know the state of the world right now. You really just don't know what you're going to get out here.
1: You really don't, and I'm just here to listen.
2: Right, right. When, you, know. you know, there's just not that much of that anymore these days. If
1: I can give advice to anybody who might need the help and they like my opinion enough to maybe listen to it <laughs> and maybe act on it, then yes, I'm there for you. It
2: seems like you, a lot of people really value your advice, your medical expertise, yeah. emotional expertise.
1: Yeah, I just have a such a strong track record with all that stuff wow yeah medical expertise <laughs>
2: that's good re-
1: relationships totally all that stuff. yeah yeah
2: i uh, i'm learning from you on the job
1: <laughs> here we go <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you do a show uh where you write letters to owen wilson do, do you think he's ever tried to respond or anything
2: okay so this is the truth the show came about because I remembered after I had started comedy that I had written an actual letter to Owen Wilson. Like a fan
1: letter back in the day.
2: It was in 2007 after a suicide attempt. And this was a very...
1: Bow, bow, bow. This was a
2: very genuine thing I did where I was felt, I was like... This was also at the height of Wedding Crashers. And I was like, he, this man's a legend. Like I need to let him know how loved he is. Like... And so I just basically, like, wrote him a letter, like, you know, you're so great, like, keep, like, stay with us, we need you, like, you're so loved, you know what I mean? Very earnest, uh, 100% earnest, forgot about it, like, sent it to whatever address I could find on the internet. Then, like, years later, when I started comedy, I was like, oh, everyone's, like, a fan of someone, and so it's like it's really fun now people write letters to like a celebrity they loved growing up or whatever. And then I interview them after like between two ferns style, but he does know about the show because Demi Moore came to my show. Oh, wow. She actually came two months in a row, but, um, she came to one of my shows because she was doing a movie with Martha Kelly and Martha was on it. And, um, after she came up and she's like i'm texting owen about it and she texted him right in front of me and uh i was just like holy shit la is just a crazy place so bizarre yeah and he wrote back he was like just total self-deprecating charm you know he was like ah oh, why she uh, she might want to rethink that title could be bad for ticket sales like such an owen thing to say
1: such an owen thing to say crazy oh my goodness blair i don't know if you'll be able to handle this right now, I see that the caller ID is going <gasps> over there.
2: What the? Fuck?
1: Um, but I think it says Owen Wilson is calling you. No, right
2: now. no, no, no! Oh my god!
1: I'm I'm gonna patch him through to you, okay?
2: Okay. Blair, Blair. Hello. Is this is this Blair? Owen? Yeah. Oh my god! Owen, hi.
0: I heard about your show. <gasps>
2: I, that's so crazy. I can't believe you heard about it.
0: Yeah. You heard a great show, yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I like it.
0: Yeah, I, I read your letter all those years ago.
2: No fucking way. Yeah, I got it framed. got it framed. <gasps> yeah. it's fr- my letter is framed in your house? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you I really loved you and Loki, and also I thought you did a killer job on Saturday Night Live, and I'm still the biggest fan as I was uh, back then as I am today.
0: You know what? I appreciate that. You're welcome, Ellen. I, I appreciate that, and uh, I like that you like my performance in Loki. It's a great show. It's a great show. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really good. Oh my God. Uh, it's great to be a part of the Marvel. Universe. Oh, I
2: bet. I mean, you killed it. You, I, honestly, I thought that you were an unsuspected casting choice, and you knocked it out of the park.
0: That's exactly what I thought too. They, they were actually thinking about getting somebody like James McAvoy. Sure. And I came in there, and I was like, Loki. Oh my God. What are we doing here? Your guys' chemistry was off the fucking charts. It was off the charts, and uh, we still talk, you know, we still talk, we hang out.
2: I believe that, because there was a bond that I saw between you two that was unmistakable.
0: Yeah, Tom and I, you know, we we, uh, we went jet skiing on a lake the other week, it was pretty, it was, it, was, it was fantastic.
2: Oh my god, I can really see you absolutely shredding on a jet ski.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, your, your your letter is framed next to my Midnight in Paris poster that's in my basement.
2: Are you fucking kidding me? Did you me? like that movie, Midnight in Paris? You know I did. I mean, I don't know if, I, if I'm if i allowed to say that at this point, um, because of, you know, but, uh, it was really good. Yeah,
0: yeah. Why well, gotta go? Uh, Demi told me to call into the show. She's actually listening right now, so I...
2: Uh, oh my kinda... god. I heard you guys dated... You have really good taste in women. I love you so much. Thanks for framing my letter. All right, I love you too. Bye. <sighs> wow.
1: I can't believe the reach of this show. I
2: can I didn't even... I can't believe it. I mean, who's next? Oprah? Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it could literally be anybody.
2: So, like, wow, just... Owen saw me on this show and then and then you gave him a heads up that I was a big fan.
1: I did my research.
2: Oh, my God. I might have,
1: might have pulled a few strings.
2: Wow, that really made my month, my year, my incredible. Thank you, Jeremiah.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to connect people, you know, uh. You know, I've never met Demi, uh, but she does occasionally watch the show. Wow. And, uh, you know, she emailed me. I said, Blair's coming on. If you can maybe text Owen, like, when the show goes oh live. Oh, my
2: God. All these years, I never knew if he got the letter or not. And now I know it's fucking framed. It's framed. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, he was a, He's a surprisingly a good, serious actor when he needs to be.
2: I think a lot of comedians are. Wouldn't yeah. you, lo- I dream of doing a straight up drama so much.
1: I want to so bad. Can, can,
2: Cause like, I remember when Steve Carell was like, no more comedies. And it was all right. It was like, okay, geez, Steve, what are you taking only the saddest shit? Like you're like telling your agents just to only give you the saddest shit out there.
1: He did some sad roles. He never
2: did comedy again.
1: He's still not doing comedy? He hasn't
2: done like... Has he really He not? has not done a comedy in like 10 years. He just does straight up the most serious shit there is.
1: He did that... Um, was it Foxcatcher? He was really good in that. I never saw it. It's, he plays a wrestling coach. Oh. It's like just extremely driven. And yeah. And he's just so good in it.
2: He's incredible. Like he's on the morning show right mm. now. He's playing the character like based on Matt Lauer. Yeah. And he's really good at like playing this whole thing. It's wild.
1: That's such a cool career to just be like, I'm this comedy juggernaut. Not going to do that maybe again or for a long time. Yeah. Now I'm just going to do drama and be taken as a serious actor. It's like, what?
2: He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I would let him kill me.
1: That was... Oh, that's fun. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things in acting class was seeing... Some of our peers drop everything and really get serious about stuff. Yeah, I was like, "Oh wow, they they do have that in them."
2: Yeah, I mean, I think most comedians can really access all that because there is a certain amount of emotional excavation that goes into like this
1: pursuit. Yeah, yeah. Were you in the class uh, with Aristotle in it? Yes. How cool is that, that he got SNL this year? Unreal. It's so cool. Because we saw him, I mean, we've both known Aristotle for years, but it's one of those things to see him in an acting setting and then see him on that sketch show is just like a really cool, like, We were doing Zoom classes with him and I was on SNL. It's like it's just amazing to see the trajectory.
2: Oh, it's wild. Being in this business is crazy because at this point, it's like anytime we turn on the TV, like it's like everyone we know on every show, every commercial. Like James Austin Johnson's a good buddy of mine. Oh, yeah. We shot a short I wrote in the pandemic that like was so fun and funny. And like I did new faces with James five years ago like he's been doing comedy for since he was 16 so he's been doing comedy almost 20 years wow and to think of someone getting their like break almost 20 years in is just so crazy and like i knew as soon as he got on that like he'll go down as one of the best impressionists in history yeah because he was just so
1: he's gonna be the new i can already tell they're making him the next daryl hammond on the show that's what they're like i can already see like the path that he's going down and he's killing it
2: well also to even stand out on that cast right now when there's 20 30 cast members it's not like it used to be when there was like ten, eight people like you know they have people that have been starring on that show for like years that are like you sometimes don't even see them because the cast is so big
1: yeah his screen time's been incredible he's
2: shredding yeah yeah
1: yeah it's dope to see i i love like seeing people just like freaking flourish right away like he's like doing like three or four sketches an episode which is like unheard of for a first year cast member
2: i just love it too where it's such a story of like you know we like i seen his whole journey and like being like oh is this ever gonna work out like all of us you know like it's
1: inspiring when it finally happens it's so
2: inspiring to me where i'm just like literally almost 20 years Mm -hmm. into comedy
1: the one that's the weirdest for me probably just because pe- the way people talk about her uh and I've seen it like on breakdowns and stuff now, like where they're like, we're looking for a Tiffany Haddish type. Oh. And it's like, I used to do like shows and open mics with her for right. years. Yeah. And it's so like, people bring her up, like... like. So I saw this Tiffany Haddish movie. And I'm like, this is just so weird. Like, she's I'll totally. meet a stranger. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this is just so surreal. Yeah. To, like, literally see her having trouble literally getting in the open mic at the comedy store. Right. To being, like, billboards. And, like, I love it. So, yeah. It's so cool.
2: Yeah, she's amazing. She yeah. has such, like, a beautiful spirit, too.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I, I love it when the good people oh, for get sure. their, their due. It's,
2: it's so... Beautiful. It's so
1: rewarding. I'm like, oh thank you. The system works.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, you start to think like, is this anything ever gonna happen? Like, what am I doing? As you get older we all do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to get into this next segment. It's called fanning out. (gasps) Fanning out. Questions for fans. I reached out to people online and said, Do you have any questions for Blair? Do
0: you have see suggestions? You got anything like that?
1: <laughs> and they came back with some bangers. Wow. Buddy Kai Arns, who, great artist, um, he said, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened in your life?
2: Gosh. Um, or- I mean, I've had some bombs that are, like, have stayed with me. Uh, but, as we all have. But, oh, yeah. You know those ones that, like, shake you to your core? Um, but I would say one of the most embarrassing things that happened to me, um, when I was in high school, I was in this, uh, fitness class where the only thing to pass was that you had to wear those gray sweats, you know? Um, you had to, like, you had to wear those every time. Yeah. And, um, for whatever reason, like sometimes when I laugh, like I'll just like pee like a little bit, but, um this one time i don't know what happened like i hadn't no, it was like i had no control over my bladder and i full-on fucking pissed my entire gray sweatpants and i was like a senior in high school and i had missed so many days i was like already in trouble um and i was on the other side of school as the locker room and so i had like, when they're that, it wasn't, like, a little. It was, like, you knew exactly what happened. And I just had to walk across campus, like.
1: Like, in your pee pants.
2: Yeah, and I was, like, yeah, I pissed my pants. I pissed my fucking pants in front of the whole school, like, walking. And everyone was laughing. And I was, like, I I mean, I really didn't care, but it was also, uh, I wasn't like traumatized by it, but I was like, that was a real moment in my life. That- oh, yeah. <laughs> and I had no choice. It was just like, it was one of those situations. There's nothing you could do. So I just got to own it
1: and be like, yep, that's what it is.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that happened to me. It was pretty wild.
1: I had a buddy. This literally happened earlier this year. Yeah. I'm driving with a buddy and he goes, I really need to stop at a gas station and go pee. I go, okay, cool. We pull off on the uh, the exit and we get out of the car. And when he gets out of the car and we're like meeting to walk inside, he, he just looks at me and starts laughing. He goes, I didn't make it.
2: <laughs> that's been me before. I totally relate. I am just like, a, oh, my God.
1: He literally I look down.
2: C- he, not khakis. in your car though, right? No, no. no. Was, of course, was it was khakis, khakis gray sweatpants. It's literally always the worst.
1: piss all over his khakis, and I was just like, okay, well, he's like, yeah. He's like, do you still need to go pee? I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go inside. <laughs> um,
2: who and then was we went it? to his house. Just
1: kidding <laughs> We went back to his house, and he changed, and he told his wife, he goes, I peed my pants again. Yeah, like yeah. he's just like, yeah, I did the thing. He's
2: like kid yeah we're just like fuck it let's do this yeah 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 i actually have another one that i would say is more embarrassing than that because i just at that point like did own it but one time when i was 23 and when i was a commercial real estate broker in orange county um i uh was on aw- was at this you don't have
1: to flex <laughs> on me like that okay blair i get it
2: i've lived <laughs> nine lives um and i was going to one of these awful networking events where i was like only one of the only women and it was just like all these dudes that just do tough mutters and like oh just like the worst people and um after we get on this dude's boat me and like 10 dudes or something and because we're like partying at this event and um other dudes i worked with and the guy's boat someone told me that like he cheated on his wife or cheats on his wife and I'm on the boat and I was like yeah but this I was like yeah but he cheats on his wife and I turn and he he goes I'm sorry what'd you say the guy whose boat it was who cheated on his wife. I'm 23 years old he's like much older and I just go and I just go what i'm 23 you're ruining my dreams that's what i said that was my answer because i was so caught off guard like so fucking caught (laughs) yeah and he just started laughing and he was like it's fine but it was like one of those things where you're caught saying the worst thing you could have said about someone on their boat on his boat
1: honestly you probably had the best reaction possible (laughs) because he's probably like all right this is funny that she literally just said exactly what was on her mind (laughs)
2: One of those split seconds where it was like, Where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna go? Right here. And I was just like 23 and I didn't know what to say, just caught saying something horrible. And also like I couldn't like get up and go to the bathroom. I was literally in the middle of the ocean, stuck with this man.
1: Yeah, you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. It's not like a quick, like, well, I'm gonna Uber out of here.
2: Yeah. Good seeing you. Hey nice seeing you. And um, it was like, Oh, I guess I'll just stay right next to you for the next two hours.
1: Yeah. So uh <laughs> how's that uh cheating on your life thing going? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, do you have any finger feeds or uh, anything available uh, down below? Um,
2: that, I think that was like one of the most intense things like that's ever. Th- Did you
1: get that rush of heat over? Your, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Where I, know you just it, get I the- was
2: just going to say that. Like where my face. You
1: flush immediately. Was
2: on fucking fire where yep. I was like, if I could leave my body right now, that would be great.
1: I have it come over my body like uh, like when you're putting a hoodie on and but it's in your it's in your scalp it's like literally on your skin putting a a hoodie on of heat like a like a heated blanket over your head that's slowly coming
2: mine is my cheeks and it feels like they're about to burst into flames all
1: over here it's so weird
2: yeah and like you know also as comedians like you just say questionable shit a lot of the time because it's like as my dad always says you're in the risk business (laughs)
1: I mean, that's a great way of putting a, co- a comedian. Like if if, if we went to, to college for that, we're like, I'm majoring in risk.
2: <laughs> well, every joke you're like, I don't know if that's going to land. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, my buddy, he saw me do like uh, a show where I did a bunch of crowd work and he said that the, the way I do comedy is like swimming with sharks because I keep going farther out. Like oh, yeah. when, when I keep pressing something, yeah. Like to try to get like a dialogue yeah. going back and forth because sometimes people can just be like, I'm not get I'm not talking.
2: I want to watch you more because and see that because that's a skill I really admire. Like I'll talk I'll talk to the crowd sometimes, but I'm so selfishly into my jokes that i write and like i was a writer way longer before i started comedy so yeah i'm very into specific language and like linguistics and stuff i'm like so i love watching like the whole other side sure
1: that's the same way with me i love watching very written especially like one-liner comics and stuff like that because it's something that i don't really do so i appreciate that like on the other side of things but yeah like last night i was at the comedy store and uh i started talking to a guy and i riffed uh, a 15 minute set because i was like i just
2: that's fucking cool as hell though that's like that's really cool because that's just like you that's like your spirit coming out that's like robin williams like i actually had to do that recently because i was the first like three four minutes were bombing mm-hmm. and i was in like a like a pretty mostly black room mm-hmm. and i was just like fuck 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 you know i don't know was like i have to pivot and then like i just ended up riffing the rest of the set and i immediately started doing well and it was like oh they don't want like they want to feel like they're being talked to and yep. it was something that made me realize i was like oh i have come like developed and come a long way where i know how to pivot when i need to when you when i was really young like in my first couple of years or something like if it wasn't working like i wouldn't know what to do yeah and you see that in young comics of
1: course they're like oh that didn't work on to the next joke yeah, on to the next yeah. Joke. and then good night yeah uh, sorry yeah 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 um yeah, we just have to do more shows together.
2: I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I need to. want to watch. I love watching that, and it like helps me learn too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I. I. When I watch somebody that's highly written, I'm like, all right, I need to like, like focus on discipline for the. Do you know what I mean? Because the riffing for me, I have a big improv background. Yeah. So that's like a. That's almost like a safety net for me. I can do that any time of day, but like. That's it's great. the jokes that, for me, that I'm like. It. I have to discipline myself to really sit down and like work on it to tighten them and stuff like that. Because sometimes I'll riff something on stage. And I'll be like, "Oh, that bit just works now." You know right. what I mean? And then it, it's the discipline of going back and listening and being like, ah, "I can tweak this or tighten that." Right.
2: Well, whatever. I also think like, you know, there are some really written great joke writers where I watch them and I'm like wow, that's a great joke. Wow, that's a great joke. But I'm also not laughing. So I like a mix. I need a performer. I need a
1: mix. That's my thing with most comedy specials I watch. Here's the thing. If you watch most comedy specials, and this is why like when I put out my special, I put a bunch of crowd work and stuff on it and riffing that I did that night because I was like... No, that's great. My thing is when I watch specials, and you can even hear it with the audience when the comedian goes off the script in a special. They get excited. It's one of the biggest pops in the entire it totally special. It is. Every single special right. you've ever seen, when there's a moment w- uh, with an interaction with an audience member, that's one of the memorable things. Where it's like, oh, he when he went off, like it's just it's just what it is.
2: Yeah, because it's it. You you're can like, tell oh, how he's spontaneous. In he's yeah. in control,
1: and you're like, oh, this is a master controlling the totally. crowd. Totally,
2: it's really cool, but like. I need a sense of fun and wildness. Yes. I also like the joke writing. But, like, you know, as a comedian, you see so much shit for someone to really make you laugh is rare. Like, like when I watch Eddie Pepitone, he like... I just like,
1: worked with him over the weekend in Houston. and He
2: just makes me laugh unlike anyone else. He got a standing O at the course. end of the set. Of and, and, like, it makes me so happy to see that happening for him knowing his long road. I was there for a special taping like he's when I got to LA like uh, he was one of the only he's the only person and this is before I knew him now we're friends and he's like such a sweetie but he was the only person I've ever asked in my life to take a picture with me ever 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 really? <laughs> yeah <Wow. laughs> Because I just thought like I'm like this man is like the way I feel when I watch him like and watching his special was like the fun I was like I've never laughed this hard in my life and like also like watching like miss pat i'm like she's the best to ever do it i think she's great like i'm like no one on earth has ever will be or ever has been as funny as her i'm like this is incredible
1: yeah she's awesome she's
2: a fucking like force oh
1: yeah oh yeah 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 she's got a show coming out that she's been working on for a long time yeah she was talking about uh uh i was talking with her over the weekend in houston uh at uh at skank Fest. she was there and she was talking about how she's been developing this show for like so long literally one like they kept bringing it back because they're like we believe in you we don't know right. why the show's not working yet right. but we're going to make it happen oh and, that's
2: incredible and
1: they're it's happening now like after like a really long process of like rewrites and different producers they're like you're the constant. We'll we'll figure everything else out.
2: That's incredible, and yeah. I and I love to hear that, and that they know what they have. Oh and yeah, just even in the development process, and like watching where she has at in her life. Like she's an older woman, and like mm-hmm. seeing her get her beyond deserved due is like amazing.
1: At Nicholas Flowers. Suggests that Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln do a couple's therapy session and have to tell each other everything they love slash hate about each other.
2: <gasps> wow. Okay.
1: So let's get into this segment called Wig. Wig! Mary, why don't you go ahead and tell the therapist what has been bothering you about me?
2: Well, I have to say... If he keeps chewing that fucking loud, we're gonna have a problem. He's chewing, he's chewing the bread, the soda bread, in a way that I will not make it out of this without taking a knife to his body.
1: Maybe if the bread was a little softer, I wouldn't be chewing it so loud.
2: Is this another bitches in the kitchen thing?
1: You know what I say. You know what I say. Honest Abe always says, bitches belong in the kitchen.
2: I swear to God, if he tells me to get in the kitchen one more time...
1: Is that not where women belong? The kitchen.
2: Everybody thinks he's so progressive. Such a progressive man. Such progressive ideas. Then he says, bitches in the kitchen. And... You know, if some poison turns up in his soda bread,
1: it's... Four score and seven years ago, there were bitches in the kitchen. Four score and seven years from now, I hope that there will also be more bitches in the kitchen. That's the United States that I believe in. That's the United States that I think is deserved by the world, and I think The people that live there deserve to be in that kind of mindset.
2: I'll tell you whose kitchen I'm going to be in. A man named John Wilkes Booth.
1: Why would you say that, Mary?
2: Because it sounds like a kitchen I'd like to be in.
1: So you'd like to fillet with another man?
2: I'd like another man to cook for me. And then another man to not chew. So fucking loud.
1: I think you're asking a lot as a woman. I think you're asking a lot as a woman.
2: Hmm. Well, I like to go other places than the kitchen, and you don't really let me out of the kitchen. Everyone thinks you're this nice dude, but then you're complaining about my goddamn soda bread.
1: I also don't like how she doesn't... She, she says that my relationships with men are a little too handsy. I don't... I don't think that that's just boys being boys, Mary. Oh, really? Boys being boys
2: when you got your finger up Ted's ass.
1: Oh, easy with that.
2: What? I'm just saying that's not boys being boys. I
1: was checking his prostate. He asked me as a favor. He couldn't afford to go to the doctor. And he asked for his honest friend Abe to go check his prostate.
2: Oh, yeah. You didn't even know what prostate was down there. You just saw honest Abe suck willy-nilly jamming his finger up his buddy's buttholes.
1: everything in this room stays in this room correct
2: oh totally it stays in this room
1: have you been writing again what did i say about writing and reading mary don't document any of this
2: i have to write and read because i get so fucking bored just cooking all the time listen to you you're fucking loud chewy. you complain
1: about cooking all the time and yet you're cooking as shit surprising oh you- really yeah
2: why don't you cook for me when you're done uh, playing grab ass with your fucking boys out there uh, in
1: the in the fields? We were playing football.
2: Football doesn't even
1: exist. I yet. invented it. No, you didn't. Invent I yes, football. I did. I invented you football. You didn't
2: fucking invent football, honest age We
1: shaved a pig's ass you're and then like put leather Al around Gore it. Right now what?
2: Saying you invented. Who shit. the
1: hell is Al Gore?
2: Oh, just some guy.
1: How many men are you seeing, Mary Todd?
2: As many as possible, so I'm not just with you, honest, Abe. So honest. I
1: also have one issue, is the last time I performed cunnilingus on my wife, Mary Todd, she didn't even say thank you. She pushed my head back down there and said, that's about right. Keep it going, big boy.
2: Yeah, I said, keep it going, big boy. That's what you're fucking supposed to say. you done when I say you're done.
1: Mary, you are hard to look at.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not true.
1: I don't understand where you get this confidence from, Mary. You have the horse face of a woman. A woman's face as a horse. Oh, that's so
2: funny that you say that because, you know, all the men around town don't seem to agree with you. Oh, really? Yeah, they seem to love this face.
1: Oh, they like that horse face <laughs> yeah, you're rocking, Yeah, they love Mary. this fucking
2: horse face. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really, Mary? They can't get enough of this fucking horse face. More horse face, please. I wish. That's what they say around uh, town. I'm
1: about to put this mare down. <laughs> I can't stand being married to you. And yes, I like having sex with men. Yes. I like playing grab ass in the fields and calling it a sport. Yes. I'm going to invent something one day called MMA as well.
2: Oh, wow. MMA. You're fucking sick, Abe. God damn, you're sick. MMA? Yeah. Oh, my God. The last civilities of society have crumbled before my eyes.
1: Do you think this is salvageable? that uh couples therapy that we just watched was uh pretty intense
2: yeah that was crazy you know i'm praying for them i'm really hoping that uh things work out
1: yeah we'll see i guess
2: yeah only time will tell
1: yeah we're gonna do this final segment it's called sax talk All right, Blair is going to share a story of a sexual encounter while I play some sweet, sweet saxophone and sax talk. Before we do that, though, let's let her do some plugs of where you can find her on social media and where she's going to be at soon so you can follow her.
2: Oh, cool. Well, this is really the best podcast in the world. I have (laughs) never been on a better podcast in my goddamn life um but if you want to find me you can find me on twitter and instagram at blair b-l-a-i-r s-o-c-c-i and i would like to tell you guys about a show dear own wilson the one referenced um november 18th at dynasty typewriter that'll be in a week is this coming out before then
1: it'll be out on monday oh
2: sick yeah, yeah. get your tickets dynasty typewriter it's got an insane lineup ron funches greta Titleman. Uh, Ottsco, Caleb here on Rob Hayes. It's really good, so yeah. I hope you guys come out; it'll be really fun.
1: I love all those comics and endorse Blair and everybody on that lineup. You guys should go see it if you're in the L.A. area. Woo! Heck yes, awesome. Let's get into this and close it out. Okay, whenever you're ready.
2: Well, it's so crazy that I am here for this segment because you know I am known for just being an absolute lion in the sack um and so yeah i love being asked about this but i guess what i have a tale to tell you about is the time of my first kiss i was in seventh grade and um you know that's not to count when i like just grabbed little boys when i was like four and five and um Force kiss myself on them, but, um, (laughs) this was my first real kiss, and it was at the end of the year school party at Knott's Berry Farm, uh, SoCal Child, yes, and everyone was going on the dinosaur ride, and I was like, why is everyone going on this, like, bitch-ass dinosaur ride, you know? Why would everyone want to go on this slow ride? And so... I was getting nervous because I started hearing whispers that people were going to make out on there. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like, I love Harry Potter and shit. Like, I don't know if I want to get down yet. Like, I don't even think my mom had let me shave my hairy blonde legs yet. So my crush, uh, I can't say his name because... I learned I accidentally said his full name on a very popular podcast and he eventually emailed me about it. Hadn't spoken to him in 20 years. Um, he asked me if I want to go with him and I'm getting really nervous. I'm fucking sweating. I'm like, oh, this is it. This is going to be the real the kiss, you know, and we eventually go and I'm seeing people pair off. And I was like, damn, OK, suck up, bitch. I guess it's happening. And um <laughs> we get and you're in your own individualist cart, so these like horny little dudes fucking scoped out the entire knotts berry farm landscape and knew which ride. I get on there. This kid was really into golfing. I remember him wearing Tommy Hilfiger right Um <laughs> and um <laughs> He pulls me and then just jams his fucking tongue down my throat like something, like some sort of animal that was going to take over my body. And I just started laughing and I was like, whoa, whoa, dude, whoa, whoa, coming in hot, pal. Coming in at 85 miles an hour, honey. And I just started laughing, and I guess you're not supposed to start laughing when a seventh grade boy like makes a move for the first time because it did not go over well. So I get off the ride. I was like, "What just happened?" You know, it's pitch dark in there on the dinosaur ride, and uh, all of a sudden I start hearing all these whispering, and everyone's going whack, whispering, whispering, whispering. And one of my friends was like. Everyone's saying you're tight, and I was like, "Tight? What does that mean? I don't know what that." And they and then they're like, "It means you have a tight pussy." And I was like, "What? What does that mean? What does that have to do anything?" And um, I guess it meant that I was like a prude, but everyone kept calling me tight, like, and uh. It was so embarrassing. I felt so much shame. I didn't know what... Actually, I don't even think I knew it was that it meant you had a tight pussy. But, um, yeah, now I look back on it. I'm like, yeah, I do have a tight pussy. But uh, I, guess, I guess all those seventh graders were right even though i wouldn't come to find that out for many years later um but i want to thank those kids because you know sometimes people do reflect the truth back to you and yeah it's tight as well babe
1: The moral of that story is: if you're gonna call a woman <laughs> tight, that's a compliment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the moral of that story for the children out there is: your insults are a compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> Isn't that a that what that I remember that now? Now that you're saying that, I haven't thought about that for years. I would remember in high school or whatever people like calling she, girls tight like or oh, loose tight.
2: i remember when i had my after like my first kiss then they started calling you loose and you're like well this is so far from even oh, yeah. below yeah. the waist yeah. you're like what I, kiss,
1: I, I kissed a guy and my vagina just unfolded <laughs> <laughs> below me yeah yeah that that's exactly what happened
2: <laughs> they <laughs> would say that they were just young boys that didn't know i'm,
1: I'm just an old cock vet over here now after kissing one boy that's what i am
2: (laughs) middle school boys yeah
1: (laughs) just unraveling just below
2: i don't even think i put it together what like tight and loose meant till like years later
1: i mean i didn't really think about i mean i haven't thought about it forever like i didn't i don't think i thought of it as that I i thought i just thought it meant like like uptight you know what i mean
2: yeah i don't think like people really subscribe to that language anymore
1: no, it's It not. was it, of the moment. It was of the time. It's, I mean, there's certain games that we don't, that are, were not, there used to be a game called Smear the Queer that, oh, that we used that. to play all the time. Yeah. But I, that was just like, literally just like, if you have the ball, you're the queer and we hit you. It's like, oh, can't play that game anymore.
2: The 90s and 2000s were so homophobic looking back on it. If you
1: watch like the American Pie movies and all oh, that era, uh, it's literally like, how did any of this get made
2: i watched wedding crashers recently and like there's a lot of like but he's gay jokes
1: right right, you know and like
2: it was just at the time that's what it was it's crazy
1: cray cray well on that gay note <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show oh my
2: god thanks for having me you're the best it's great to see you we made it
1: we did it and let's, let's we'll find uh, more ways to um, to do more shows together yeah um, for sure uh, I think Ron is doing another um, Christmas special so hopefully uh, oh yeah I'm doing it too heck yeah I'm doing oh, it oh
2: sick mm. it's gonna be a revival
1: it's gonna be amazing cool alright love you pal thanks for being yeah, here
2: yeah thanks it was so fun